Hey everybody, coming at you live again from Music City, USA, Nashville, Tennessee. I'm honored again to have some of my closest friends and a new friend join us. I met I met one of these cats about 15, 20 days ago out in Nevada at Lake Tahoe, Donner Lake area. We hit it off. He's got mad skills, mad talent, but as a as a group, as storytellers, as musicians, as as songwriters, as guys that know the business. Again, this is the place you want to be when you're in the music and you love music. You got a lot of passion and heart for music. Another episode of This Life Ain't for Everybody podcast. I'm Chad Belding, your host. Thank you so much. Again, we're from Nashville, Tennessee. And from left to right, out in front of me right now, I got my boy Ben Ratliff. I got my buddy Bobby Johnson and my newfound love, Mr and not loved like that just my new friend mr dean smith jr you talk about a badass i brag on him a bunch did i mess his name up dean james, dean james jr i'm sorry we pray tom we're gonna edit that part out dean james jr i'm talking like i just that's that's an uh, easy mistake because i really just met this guy but I got um, one of my closest friends in Nashville right now is Bobby Johnson, and I always talk about the heart of a hunter. I always talk about the compassion that hunters have, and I always talk about how hunting is the common denominator that brings so many walks of life together. And because of hunting and, and, and duck hunting and hunting camp is really why I'm sitting with these three, these three badasses right now. And because of our time in the woods together or through common uh, mutual friends like Leith Lofton or Drake White or Brent Cobb, and um, we have come together and formed our own friendships. And when you talk about heart and passion and love of people and somebody that never, ever puts you into voicemail and always is there to lend a hand it's you Bobby Johnson I respect oh, what you do buddy and I wanted to start this off by saying I love you like a mofo and last night was so special to me to see how happy you are married in May wedding party last night John party Leith Lofton to Charlotte <laughs> Lee Cox I mean you had a, a, a bunch of a, old buddies man. a bunch of old buddies up there that you've cut you've watched come up and now John party's exploding oh, and breaking yeah, but what a night buddy congratulations and Thank thanks you. for th- thanks for letting me be a part of it well first off I'm gonna t- uh, talk about you I mean you're a you're a busy guy you know, you're huge in your industry and what you do. And I don't don't think a lot of people understand what Chad does. He's always got something going on, always doing something. And that's kind of like us. I mean, I don't ever stop. There's always something to do. And uh, a lot of kudos to you for who you are and what you do and what you bring to the table for a lot of us. So thank you. And and, it, it, and I appreciate you saying that. And, and some of the things that we've shared, you know, through texting, um, you know, your Traeger videos that you sent me now, oh, yeah. your turkey pictures, your deer pictures. And what you've done for me on a personal and professional basis as far as the upper room, the upstairs at Whiskey Bent, when you had the silver dollar and what you let me do there. Um, you know, every year in February at the National Wild Turkey Federation Conference, you open your arms and your door to us. Oh, and we've sure, had we've had so many acts up there. You name it, we've had it. You talk have, about Ryan having or, you guys there. You know, there's always a bunch of parties going on around Wild Turkey Federation. But you guys, I think for now, two or three years, we've had some parties as far as you know, this past year, I couldn't even make it. I was down in Florida, but you guys had Real Tree there. You had a bunch of great people. Jamie Johnson. Yeah, we had Jamie it was Johnson cool, rocking uh, the house. It's a home for you guys. It's always open for you. I mean, you know that. And and well, I saw a different side of you last night, Bobby, of I've always known that you're a songwriter. I've always known that you pick. But I did not know that you were that good of a songwriter. I truly didn't. Uh-huh. And when I heard... When I heard, and you're going to have to remind me of some of the names because it was one of them nights, Sour Mesh, Sour Mash Mash Rainbow. Rainbow. 
I'm talking like that is a cool ass song. Thank and you, today bro. I'm gonna have you pick a little bit. And sure. the other one that you picked last night, what, what was the name of the last song that you did? Uh, Bridge too wet to burn. Yeah, Bridge yeah. too wet to yeah. burn. <laughs> and um, and and both of those songs touched me last night. So. Uh, Bobby, that's my introduction with you, man. You know how I feel about you. Um, I want to get into a little bit more about what you do. I'm excited to have you here, obviously. And again, I'm so happy for you and the bride. I love it. Thank her. you, brother. I she love might. it. Ben Ratliff, um, I met through Drake White when when Brett, when uh, Ben was Drake White's uh, tour manager. And again, through hunting and outdoors and passion and life and love. And he, he soon went on to, to be the tour manager of Ralphie May. And now he's the tour manager of the Robert Randolph and Family Band. And this guy is a freaking road warrior. I don't know if if, if we counted our days on the road, he might beat me. But Ben, <laughs> you, you go and you go. And he sends me so many pictures from the bus and watching the foul life up on the bus and, and or listening to the, the this podcast for this life ain't for everybody and and ben's one of those guys that is the same kind of animal he's cut from that same cloth that and, and the, what i always get out of ben ratliff is that he never ever comes across to me as any is is somebody that is in it for himself and i've had a lot of conversations with ben um about being in it for other people and he truly is like he's one of those guys that has sets that ego aside. And I've talked to many guys that that are cut from that cloth. And that's why we have him on this show is because it takes a special person to be an artist, to have talent, to write songs like Ben has, to be able to pick the guitar like Ben does and then be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to be the superstar, but I'm going to work my ass off to make sure that other people are or do my best and do my part. And he's always there and he's helped us. He spreads the love for us with our brands. And Ben, that's it's a pleasure to have you here. Here, buddy you just got back where, where have you been you just came in from where last night uh we were in jackson mississippi last night and got in about five o'clock this morning what um, were you doing there is it robert randolph yeah we, we had a two-day run with robert we we're in south carolina and then mississippi past and, couple days so and if anybody if anybody's wondering who robert randolph is steel guitarist pedal guitarist yeah, uh, so how do you describe his music soulful it's like soulful jam band um he was rated one of the top 100 guitar players of all times. He's a pedal steel player, and I mean, he's a beast. I mean, he's he sit. I mean, he was sitting in with Dave Matthews a couple of weeks ago. Like, he just gets calls from, you know, the top of the biggest of the biggest jam band people, and just goes and sits in with them and plays shows, and he's friends with all of them and stuff like that. That's so. cool. And and you say you use those words, friends with all of them. So let's talk about you know being friends with some people that 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 are doing it right now of what. Brent Cobb. I want to talk about Brent for a minute before before we get to the guy that I butchered his name at the beginning of this. Oh, dang, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Um, Bobby, you listen to Brent Cobb. You've known about Brent Cobb, Dave Cobb, producer, extraordinaire, King Midas, touches it, it's gold, Isbell, Stapleton, some of Zach's records. I don't know if I've heard a better album song to song than Province Canyon since oh, yeah. since that lonesome song by Jamie Johnson. I don't I like I'm still gonna go with Jamie on the best album of all time in my humble opinion in country <laughs> music. But that album that Brent has out right now, I the, it's, it's got it's got it. It's it's so good and it's 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 got a especially coming from his first record that was Grammy Grammy nominated, you know, it's like singer songwriter and this one has got more upbeat and more funk to it. But the lyric con lyrical content is still just the best that I've heard in forever too. You know, aside from the the jam of the music and the lyrics and the stories that he tells, it's like 
He's a different cat. I'm yeah. telling you, like his songwriting skills, I don't, I, I can't even pinpoint it. I can't put a finger on it, what he does. And maybe you can talk about it, Dean, um, on what, it, cause you've written a lot of songs, Ben, you, you, all three have written songs. I've written two songs. You know, one of them's on national TV. It's called my foul life. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. <laughs> um, but that's called a shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm, what I'm, where I'm going with this is though, is that maybe one of you guys can pinpoint what he does. I don't get. I don't know how he how he I writes met, a song. I met Brent. When we were doing shows with a guy named uh, Wayne Mills. It was a thing we did called Alabama Line, and uh, we were all pr- fairly new to Nashville. And Cobb was just one of our buddies, and it, Cobb was always different, always been different, but unique, different. And just the, the coolest thing about Cobb is he never steered away from what was in his heart. He always plays what's in his heart. And at the end of the day, that, that that's what music's about. When you find somebody who's putting out what's coming straight off their heart, that's what makes Brent Cobb amazing. And every one of those songs, like you said, man, they're, they all mean something. And I think somebody can get a meaning of their own out of each and every one of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's great. He just said something that hit home to me on, on Brent Cobb of sticking to your gun, sticking to your heart, doing you. When and I've had this conversation with executives um, out of Nashville about it seems to me that there's a lot of push to 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 be formulated, to be processed, you know, that that you come into you come to this city and you you almost start to get molded into something that you might have never seen yourself doing because it's going to sell or it's going to sell tickets or or, or da- download or stream more songs. Um when you say that Brent sticks to his heart when he writes, he he has a song on the new album. And have you heard this? This song right here, it's called When the Dust Settles. And when I heard it, I thought it was literally about another backwoods party. And then I started going, holy shit, this is about Nashville. I think it is. I might be wrong. It is. Listen. Do what's in your heart. Might as well be dying. Get it, Brent, right here. Throw my keys off. Right here. Listen to this. When the dust settles, I'll get on down the road. There's too many jacked up trucks when in the in the the dirt tracks getting old. When the dust settles, I'm gonna get on down the road. To me, breaking that down means that's another girl in cut off jeans dancing mm-hmm. on a tailgate, and you know, and then all of a sudden that's gonna go. That dust will settle, and then that's when you're gonna see. Mm-hmm. This surgeons that Stapleton started and what guys like Dean's getting ready to blow up on, in my opinion. And I, I'm not, I'm by no means a musical know-it-all or genius, but I really feel that within the next 365 days, we, we're, we're looking at somebody right here that, whew, I don't even know how to explain it, but I'm sure that Brent, when he sits down to write that song, I don't know if there's a hesitation when a songwriter, like, that's almost like he writes songs for big artists that might have a song about a jacked up truck is that dangerous for brent cobb to to tell no. the truth through song like that no I, well 
I remember when Brent wrote that song. I was on the road with him back in the day when he wrote it, and um, it was four or five years ago, so it was not a new song in, you know, really. Um, and I believe I heard that George Strait put that song on hold at one time, and I was just like, man, what if George cut that song? Because, mm-hmm. you know, he's not getting radio play anymore. They, they pretty much kind of pushed him out, and, I mean, you don't get no bigger than King George. He got – he – he got to the point to where he even wrote a song with Jamie Johnson over text messaging called Kicked Out of Country. It's like eight minutes long that him and Jamie wrote the lyrics on text. And you can go on and find George Strait kicked out of country mm-hmm. and listen to the words. And um, you take you take what Brent's doing and it's so refreshing. I'm I'm in love with I'm again I'm I'm giving that album props because I truly feel it's the best album to come out of Nashville in in a long time. I think it's better than Traveler and I know people are going to go you're freaking an idiot but I truly feel it's better than Traveler or, or or the other one that Chris won the album of the year with. That song will be nominated for a Grammy again. It'll probably be up against Isbell again. I think it will win, which, you know, Dave Cobb's got. <laughs> could you imagine being Dave Cobb? Could you imagine <laughs> looking at his mantle? Having just, all your kids on an all-star team, you know? <laughs> it's just like, it's just, oh, Isbell didn't win, but Brent did. Oh, Brent, yeah, Brent's my, you know. How is how is Brent related to Dave? Is he his nephew? Or are they cousins? What is that deal? Do you have an idea? So Dave's grandma was Brent's great aunt, I believe. That's some that's some family tree stuff. From yeah, Alabama like and Georgia, or right there. Cousins, you know, <laughs> yeah. second and third cousin. Um, I, so I, yeah, because I think that Brent's daddy and Dave are first cousins. I believe. Oh, okay. I got now. That makes more sense. The yeah, truth will come out one day. It'll come, come out. Okay, Dean, you're a songwriter. You're a musician. Yeah. What do you think of Brent Cobb's new album? What I know that you that you've been jiving with it and you've been listening to it. You were with him in Washington and Montana mm-hmm. last week. With he's opening right now for Stapleton with the one and only badass Marty Stewart. Who God, yeah. I'm so impressed by Marty Stewart. I could watch that dude all night. Him and oh man, Dwight Yoakam and Marty Stewart. I'm, I could watch that like every night. But oh, what do you think? What do you think of that album? And when uh, when you listen to that new album by Brent? Um, to be honest, I got stuck when i first listened to it i was stuck in the in the kind of like what you were just saying how not really writing from the heart i was writing um searching for like the radio hit i guess so i was in a mindset where i was listening to luke holmes and and other guys like that where i was just trying to come up with cliche lines and i was just writing four chord pop and not that i that's not like what I like to do, but I was just like, well, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I've seen everybody else can do it. See if I can do it. And I listened to Brent's record at, at pretty much the wrong time for me to acknowledge, you know, great art. I just kind of passed it by and it was like, that's pretty good. I like King of Alabama. And, uh, that's pretty much the only one I actually gave a listen to. And, and then I'll say a couple, a month went by and I was on the airplane and I was heading, it was like a four hour flight, so it was probably California or something. Uh, Providence Canyon, the whole record came on and it played through and I was like severely floored. Like I was like, it like some songs brought me to tears and like I put it on repeat for the whole four hour flight. And I was like, I don't remember the last time I did that with anything. Normally I'm so scatterbrained that I'll listen to this, then I'll listen to Elton John, then I'll listen to Skinner, then I'll listen to ACDC. Like, I'm just constantly just searching, you know, just like a, you know, tune junkie. But with Brent, like, I really sat, and ever since then, 
<laughs> like I, I'll sit and listen to that record like on repeat. It is, it uh, it really is. Uh, I mean, it speaks volumes to me as a writer. It, it really has inspired me to be who I am and write from the heart and and not worry about chasing that million dollar hit one hit or whatever this you know whatever that may be i just want to it made me want to be me and made me want to be you know the best that i can be you know because i'm like man that's i listen to brent i'm like man does brent know this did you all tell brent i met brent um i met brent at at ben's birthday party actually and uh we slightly hit it off um it was towards the end of the night everybody else had left and it was just like me brent ben and like uh maybe one other person and um brent picked up the guitar and he started playing some stuff and i started playing some stuff and we started talking about skinner and we started talking about bob seeger and we started talking about <clears throat> uh you know influences and uh, you know, ways of life and states, states of mind that we share and stuff. And then, uh, then I didn't see him. And then when we came to Reno, that's, uh, we met up with Brent back in Montana and that, that's the night I really got to know Brent. And like, it was just me and him and Ben on the bus. We stayed up till like seven o'clock in the morning and, uh, just really hit it off, man. I wish I'd have been there. (laughs) Oh man. It, It was, it was, it was awesome, dude. I mean, that's just cool to know that somebody that young um, is Brent. I think Brent's like 31. Mm, yeah, 30, just turned 32. You're 28. Yeah. I mean, a 31 year, a 32 year old, you know, puts that much, you know, I, I don't, I mean, it just influences him that much. And that just shows you how powerful song is. And where I'm going with that, Bobby, I always say where I'm going with that. I got to get out of that, man. I freaking hate saying where I'm going with that. But, Bobby, uh-huh. where I'm going with that is. You're an emotional, passionate person. We've we've cried together. We've laughed together so hard <laughs> that we do cry. But an incident went down in, in Nashville a few years back with the, the gentleman that you named, Wayne Mills. Um, he was awesome. I did not know the man personally, but I know a lot of people that did and that were hugely affected by the murder and what happened to Wayne that night. And on that album that, that we're all talking about on Province Canyon, Brett wrote, Brent wrote a song that when I heard it, I knew right away who it was about and I didn't even like read any cliff notes or talk to Ben or anybody like what, what's that all about? And I just want you to listen to this and I, you may or may have not heard this, but on Brent's bus, he has a sketching that was given to him of Wayne Mills and his hat. And you can tell the love that, that Cobb has for Mills, the same love that you had for Wayne, the same love that Leith Lofton and Drake White and all these guys that ran with Wayne Mills the dude was a legend. I mean, Jamie Johnson opened shows for Wayne Mills. <laughs> I mean, the dude was badass, right? Wayne was cool, man. He, Wayne was a guy that uh, not only did he love his own music, but he loved everybody else's music, too. And, and you know, when I picked up the phone to call him every time he'd answer, I always say, well, how's the King of Alabama doing? And I wasn't the only one that called him that, but he was, he was a big dude in Alabama, and he was a big dude up here, too. But he would come into town and, and – we hit it off real good because, for one thing, I booked music. So whenever he wanted a place to play, or if we opened a brand new bar somewhere, I called Wayne Mills. I was like, Wayne Mills is good for a hundred people any day of the week, you know, here in town. And that's hard. It's hard to get a draw here in town when folks come out because just about everybody that's your crowd is, you know, playing music or writing music. And but he was always good for a hundred people at a show. And 
I got to be real close with Wayne and, um, it's a shame he's gone. There's a lot of times I think of him, and you mentioned that sketch that you're talking about that Cobb has. I have the same one. We did a tribute show at the Silver Dollar, and I had all the different artists sign it. Drake White, to John Party, all of them came and played it. Well, it hangs in my garage, and it's poster size of that sketch. Of that, I can't. What's the guy's name that did that sketch? I can't remember his Ray name. Told me his name great on the sketch. bus. I can't great remember. It wasn't Tony, was it? No, I can't remember the fellow's name. He had made the posters right after Wayne had passed away, and they were everywhere. And we had a bunch of them printed off for that night that we had the tribute show. And uh, yeah, somebody get somebody texted me today and said I got a T-shirt with that on it. I need to come. I have the same T-shirt too. It's the same sketch on the mm-hmm. shirt. Yeah, That's can great. somebody get me that shirt? I'd like to have one in, yeah. a, in a in a large. large. We'll find out. I'll large. find out. I'll do some research and find <laughs> the guy was. But Wayne Mills was a guy that. Uh, he was a honky-tonk angel, man. And it came back to that, too. Traditional country music and, and jukebox and boots and cowboy hat and, and country. You know, being country was huge for Wayne Mills. It was a big thing. He was a definitely a flag toter for that, for sure. Shame. It's such a yeah. – such a. it just shows you how ignorant arguing and fighting and road rage and – um, letting your 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 consumption of substances and get to a point to where somebody is taken from life with a family and a son and friends and like literally like was the he was the best and again I did not know the man but I feel like I did because of you know of lyrics like this um, this song right here is probably should be a number one hit. I cried when I heard it. I cried. I cried too. And I didn't know the man. These lyrics are insane, right? I didn't know it then, but he would say we're friends. How's, that's that's high-level shit. Well, I didn't know it then. He'd say we're friends. We both rode the highways on the song. Cause the king of Alabama has gone home. You really should be singing that part, you know me. A man among men, an old school cat, heart. If you thought he looked country, oughta heard him sing. I mean, come on. We beat the black top down with a five piece band. He did that too. But he did it, man, cause that's what he was born to do. Some people never had a thing to prove. gone home and and i know you're emotional about it and it's that's what's badass about song and that's why we're here that's what we're talking about is that you sang songs last night that touched me where i very easily could have been way back in the back of that bar okay i could have been talking nothing drives me crazier than an artist pouring his soul out and have some nimrods jamie johnson jamie got got into it a couple years. but, but I, I almost did it one of his shows in december because i'm like dude 
This is disrespectful, man. This is a theater. We're not at a music festival here right now, okay? And I, nothing drives me. I'm not getting on the soapbox, but I can't. I just let's respect the artists enough to let their shine. And that's what I did last night, Ben and Dean, is I walked up to the stage, and I'm like, man, he's, this is good shit. This is, sing it, please, uh, on the Thank bridge you, too wet. I want to hear, hear the lyrics of this song and what it means in life and love and, and really finding your place with another person and understanding your weaknesses and being able to admit them and work on them. Sometimes you got somebody in your life that you love them to death, but they ain't no good for you. But sometimes you just can't let them go, and that's kind of what this song's about, and the bridge is just too wet to burn. So. Surprised here to see you Thought it left it behind Thought time and heal wounds and left scars in this heart of mine. But to see you this evening, will those memories still churn? And there's a trail of tears across the bridge that's too wet to burn. As I hit my knees. Skied my soul The healing time I went through well, My tears have all fallen And my heart it still yearns well, There's a trail of tears Cross a bridge It's too wet to burn Trail of tears cross a bridge. It's too well to burn. That's a country song right there. Yeah. Too well to burn. Dean, what do you think about that? It's badass, dude. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Dude, I'm telling you, like what I see right there, and I know that you, I know that you, that you struggle with voice right now, like I do. I'm very hoarse. I've been hollering and screaming. And <laughs> but here's the deal: pouring whiskey you know I, on it don't help. Pi- you know who I pictured singing that after you wrote it was Daryl. Like yeah. that is a singletary hit Damn. right there, and it should have been before what happened to Daryl happened last he year. He heard it. Yeah, he heard it. Daryl was a turkey hunt buddy, man. Great guy. I know he was. Cool cat. But through song, that song needs to, and I always say this when I talk about Leith, and when I heard his music, that needs to be heard by the masses. And that is where we try to think about what's being heard by the masses and what should be heard by the masses is, I'm way off. I just talked to Fount Lynch about how... Bad. I'd get fired in Nashville on my first day in the office because I'd make every (laughs) wrong decision on what's being done here. Is that, is that, is that Daryl? That was my first bird this year up at Larry Hawkins Farm. Oh, yeah. And uh, me and Leith was on that hunt. I crawled across there with that fan on that shotgun and shot that bird. Pretty bird. And Darryl, looked, looked like a Rio bird almost. Yeah. Yeah, I said whenever Daryl died, my first bird of the year was going to be my Daryl Singletary bird. So, Look at that. It's got his logo so I took and on there. So I dried the wings out and the fan out and then made a little plaque and put up there and put the shotgun shell on it, too. And, uh, I said, well, I'm going to hang it at scoreboard because he used to come up here and play with us. So great guy. Missing but you, know, you kind of see what I'm saying, though, is that, that that song is so touching to me and it's so simple. But the if you when you talk about burning a bridge, 
a lot of people don't want to burn a bridge. You don't want to burn a bridge in life because you want to be able to come back to that. It's no use in burning it all the way. This one is like that bridge needs to be lit on fire and gone. You need to be out of my life because we are literally, we are, you know, no good. We're we're like fire and gasoline, Mm -hmm. but the bridge is too wet to burn because of all the tears. I cry for you. So son, something's there. You miss him. Like that's powerful to me. I was out one night and I was drinking and, and that, that had been a line that, that was in my head, bridge too wet to burn for a while. Um, and my buddy, I had a roommate who was going through a breakup and it was just hellacious on him. And, some words come to mind one night I was out somewhere and it just clicks and I had to get out of the bar, get away from the bar. I went straight home and wrote that song. And by the time the sun come up, I had it done. And I was thinking about my roommate going through all that he was going through. And, you know, I think all of us have been through t- types of relationships where you get your heart broken. And, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time afterwards, you can't get those people out of your head. And it seems like you go out of your way to see them or see them where they're at and and it's just you know some sometimes you sometimes you got to burn that bridge and be done with it and then you're better off. But uh, it which kind of explains the fact of how it works, you know. Because we have what we call foolish pride, which brings me to my next song and my little DJ here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard this cat um, on a video Ben sent me from Winners, I Winners, believe yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh damn! Like it was one of them deals to where you you hear it and like everybody has a different ear and a different judging system when when they hear um you know music or or see talent or hear talent and some people might let it go in one ear and out the other not really care as long as there's a percussion line and they can get groovy to it and dance a little bit and drink a beer and other people want to break the lyric down or the talent down and really see what's going in to you know talent and This is a winner for Dean. Dean James here. Nice Sounds good. I saw these two videos and I was like, you gotta meet him. Yep. He don't even sound white, dude. <laughs> <laughs> sitting right there he's white i promise you <laughs> um very but <laughs> white as a ghost <laughs> he, he he's very unassuming you look at him and you think oh you know man played a little high school football but then again assumptions kick your ass in this world can't judge a book by its cover all she grew up that. with a rough childhood in the hood now he's get making money to support his mom and his sisters get him in a house and out of the hood um I don't know if that's degrading to hear the word hood, but that's what he called it because it was in the hood. And um, to know that hard work of what it takes to do what you guys do and no offense to anybody out there, but this mofo is on a different level. And I mean that on a lot of different angles and people could look at me and say, why do you kiss his ass or why are you always bragging on Leith Lofton? And I'm going to tell him straight up because Leith Lofton is on a different level of songwriters. Would you agree, Bobby? He's He's on a different level, right? And his music needs to be heard. And here's another cat that comes along and you go off of the theme of a a bridge too wet to burn full of those tears that you left that trail of tears you left over a hard break and a heartache because of foolish pride he played this song overlooking the beautiful alpine lake in northern california and again i was jaw i was floored my jaws on the ground i'm speechless and i'm like god damn man i should have never been a baseball player why didn't i pick up a guitar why didn't i learn how to do that i mean like every girl within a hundred miles was like who is that and 
I'm joking in a way, but that's what his music does. And I really feel like when you hear it, Bobby, you're going to have that same facial expression that you saw when you heard it, when you saw that song he was playing right there on that video at Winners. Dean, will you bless us with a little bit of a uh, foolish pride? And if you don't mind, like in the middle of it on the bridge or something, can you just hit that guitar a little bit and play, play, play a little, little solo for me? Yeah, just man. rip it up a little bit. <laughs> Bobby, I want your honest opinion about this cat's love because, again, you've seen talent come up in this city. I want your honest opinion on what you're about to hear. All right, all right. Let's see if it picks me up here. Should be good. confession you see you are the best thing that's ever happened to me and don't you think for one minute I'm not aware just how cold and lonesome my world would be without you there oh and I I'll be 
he waited with my foolish say this what's your availability the next couple weeks <laughs> but being for real i mean i know you're being for real but being uh, honest a hundred percent now you've you've you watched garth brooks when he first came here from oklahoma you've seen so many stars come and go be honest i just are, are we kind of close with our that's beautiful man it's in it and it's unique too in a way that it's not like anything else so it's it's uh it's good stuff brother cool very, man very cool so I wasn't off when I told you this? No, you wasn't lying to me, buddy. You don't lie to me much. <laughs> I try not to. Never, I mean, actually. It's just about deer sizes and how many ducks I can. <laughs> right. Look at this picture. That's me way back there. Don't even look bigger. Fish. <laughs> you got them long arms. <laughs> them long arms I'm going to be fish. on you until I get one of those hats. Bleet Lothan had on a hat the other night, man. I already got her done. But when you see like that kind of talent in that song and those words and the foolish pride and then the, the picking and the, the voice changes and the up and down and the octaves, the different octaves oh. and the, the rhythm and like to me, it's, it's different. It's strong, needs to be heard by the masses. But what I love about it most is that I can't like put my finger on what it is. Is it Bob Seger mixed with a little bit of Bruce Springsteen with a little bit of Billy Joel with some Elton John? Is it is it got more of that Robert Randolph soul with some Otis Redding in there? Like I like I see all these artists in this melting pot that Dean's put together in this, and he's got like you can't you can't say I think it's you can't Dean. you know it's like <laughs> Dean right? It's like you can't pinpoint what it is though. That's a weird style. You know the crazy thing about music is is it could come from anywhere, and as long as it has all of, you know like say the five senses, if it it hits all five of those senses you can't go wrong it's good and what you just laid down brother was uh totally good for sure i'm surprised you that's nothing either that's just one of my favorite songs <laughs> so uh, you you have a guy that that is is in nashville a little bit and this is a kudos to ben is that ben you know I don't know if you really call it putting his time aside or putting, you know, setting his ego aside, but and I, and you know, Ben would be a crazy bastard to think that his, that he's writing his meal ticket with this cat sitting right here. Right. That's not what Ben does it for. Now that's not to say that these two might not be together in 10 years with 15 Grammys and sold out stadiums. Don't know. That's what I love about music is that we could see him on an award show doing what Stapleton and Timberlake did. That's the kind of feel I get from his music. He's got that power that the, when I heard Stapleton with the steel drivers first, I'm like, wow, how, why, why, what, why, why are we hearing this? You it's know? got soul. That's for sure. It's definitely bleeding soul, man. A lot of soul, right? Yeah. And I think that, I think that for him to be able to come to Nashville and here's another transition of where I'm going with this, Bobby, this city is attracting so many people that you can literally walk into any bar 
not just on Broadway, any bar in this city and you're hearing live music. So you really do have to find a way to set yourself apart and get catch people's ear in their eye and have them be like, whoa, and make them stop in their tracks and be like, okay, I'm going to listen to the next song, the next song. And then you're hoping that an executive hears that or a label or a manager or an assistant or a publicist or whatever. This city is attracting so many people right now in all forms of business and production and TV and movies. And, and he's got to figure out somebody's got to either notice him or he's got to just keep pressing until they do. And how does it work, Bobby? Is it, is it all it's luck a, here? Is it a connection? You know, it's a matter of uh, persistence. Any of the guys that I've known that have gone past that, you know, past that barrier where they were to the next level, it was all about their persistence. You know, guys like Drake, guys like uh, John Party, they stayed persistent and they stayed right in the armpit of it. You know, it's it's real easy. The hardest part of this town that I've learned, it's real easy to get grizzled quick. For one thing, it's filled with a bunch of old Nashville cowboys, and you know they have their <clears throat> they have their ways and they have their their ways of thinking. But don't ever let anybody steer you from what comes from your heart. Just keep doing what you're doing. That's the only thing I can say. You know, Nashville's a Nashville's a catch in a lot of ways. You know, they said they've said it for years. Well, you play down on Broadway, if someone's going to notice you. I don't think it's that extreme to that level anymore. It's all about playing in the right place in the right time. The preparation opportunity, being in the right place at the right time is huge. But people will find you. If you're that good, they're going to find you. And I think a lot of people overplay Broadway. They stay on Broadway way too long, and then they just become a household name. They're just like a staple. And then it's like, well, that's just what he does. You almost have to make yourself special and exclusive to a degree that you know, I enjoy music. I book 85 band slots a week I'm in charge of through Bootleggers, Whiskey Band Saloon, Scoreboard, Nashville Palace, John A's over here. And I've worked with a guy named Barrett Hobbs for years, and, and I learn new things every year. I don't have the answers to everything, but I will say the bottom line, the persistence of being who you are, and nowadays, just the social media end of it. I mean, you can make your own gold mine just by doing that correctly and put and putting your music out there. You know, there's a lot of people that do it and don't even really have a label and they're not underneath an umbrella. There's only about five of them in this town that can do it for you, but there's 300 per se. Mm -hmm. But stay true to yourself and Dean's going to be somebody, no doubt. You really feel that? I do. Why? See, it's it's just good. It's just gold. But 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 you you book eighty five slots a, a a week. That's a lot. Eighty five times fifty two. Got to. I need a calculator. Eighty five <laughs> times ten is eight hundred fifty. Times five is four four. Is it forty thousand? Uh, Thank God for eighty five. My Excel sheet on my <laughs> yeah. computer. But you wouldn't sit here and blow smoke up a dude's nah, ass. I wouldn't lie to you. you. You can't afford to do that. That's your reputation, nah, too. You don't want to go online saying this stuff, on record saying You know, that. I say this all the time. I say people, uh, someone's parents told them they could sing and stuck them on a Greyhound and sent them to Nashville. And, you know, you can walk into places and see that some nights. Not to down anybody or anything, but you can tell the ones that are, you can tell the ones that are here and are supposed to be here and the ones that aren't supposed to be here, you know? Well, I've heard stories of Taylor Swift going to the Wild Horse back in the day on, on rounds and, and showcases before a label and bartenders saying, you got to be kidding me, this is the worst shit I've ever heard. Mm. And through persistence and voice coaches and, and, and staying after it and being a grind, look at her career. I mean, is there anybody bigger in music right now? 
No, I don't. I don't. I don't know. And she's and she's she was she's, she's a monster. monster. <laughs> and she's and she did it. And I've had. I've she's heard, like got her own genre, really. Yeah, I've heard people say that when she first moved here, you know, before she come out with Tim McGraw, that she wrote in high school at sixteen years old, right here in Hendersonville. Um, yeah, right here in Hendersonville. I heard that. I heard that she didn't wasn't that good of a singer. Well, I mean, at sixteen, mate, she's matured and she's mm-hmm. practiced and she kept at it. And you wouldn't go on record, Bobby, of saying that he's going to be something or he's going to be special. You see something different in him right away with, with his talent level. And that's not to say that other people can't do what he does. It's just got a different style. And Ben, when you heard him, you had to feel the same way? Or are you just are you just blowing smoke up his ass because you like him you just like to hang out with him? No, the first time I met him was, uh, was at Neighbors one night um, before I was working with Robert. And uh, our old stage manager brought him up to neighbors and I said bring him up there a buddy of mine runs around I'll get him on stage and he played one song and I was just like dude's got it you know I mean he needs to be here and I'm gonna introduce him to everybody I know you know and I believe in him and he's a great dude and got a good heart and got his head on straight and just got talent oozing out of him you know and and as a as a guy that's been in this city and been through the ups and downs of trying to be an artist and being a songwriter and being a tour manager and being on a lot of different buses throughout the years, um, you know damn well that you can get chewed up and spit out quick in this town and it Easily, can make you feel yeah. this big in a hurry. So you're obviously going to get him in the hands or yourself of doing it the right way of taking it slow and not and figuring out the right how does it work is it a network bobby that that is in this town that they need to get inside of to get to the right people to get that record deal is that the main goal do we want a deal do we need some investment do we need to get a radio hit we want to start selling some tickets we want to start getting some uh some you know accreditation on this music right and getting people into it because there's a different sense that you feel when you're hearing dean play and again we have a i I say it a lot is that you you've got to set yourself apart but you also don't want to jump into it so fast to where you you overdo it in a way to where it looks generic so it's a fine line that this town creates that you got to be you got to you got to learn how to walk that line am i onto something there bobby well well, folks lose it i think a lot of folks lose it because you know they jump in head first and they play and they play and they play and that but they lose they lose their love for it and i think when you lose your love for it there's a chance to take a break kind of regroup redo your thing you know and some guys don't let it break them you know once your spirit gets broke it's hard to get it back and as long as you keep your spirit and like i said before you keep grinding you keep doing what you're doing and believe in what you believe in no matter who kicks you in the face or smacks you around you're you're the man. You got to keep doing what you're doing. Did you come here to try to be an artist? I came here and learned pretty quick what I wanted. Um, I did want to come here and be an artist. We had a band back home in Florida, and as I moved here, I learned a lot more about the business that I just didn't know living in Florida. I didn't know how some of it worked, how some of it was good, and some of it was bad. I'd go back home, and my mom, being one of the biggest country music fans in the world. I couldn't tell my mom some of the stories that I'd learned about, you know, being around people and how they, some of them actually were, you know, some of them are great. And sometimes you have, there's a line in a song somewhere, heroes I wish I'd never met, you know? And I just couldn't tell my mom that because I couldn't bear to break her heart on somebody she liked so much. But I think everybody has their own character. There's a lot of different characters in this town. But when I moved here, I learned the fact that if I wanted this, if I wanted to be a superstar, I was going to have to be on that bus, be on the road, be gone. 100% of the time. 
Not that my heart wasn't in it to do that. I had to work. I didn't have anything when I moved here. So I got a bartending job. I got in the bar business. So now at the end of the day, in fact, my mom said it best the other day. She says, you know what? You're right in the middle of your dream and you found how to make it work for you. Like I said, I book 85 band slots a week. I play one. It's out here on this stage at Scoreboard on Saturday nights. I love that more than anything. It's not about the money. It's not about anything. It's about playing with an awesome band and and getting to pour my heart out because it's in my heart. About to be 43 years old, I don't need to pee on the road. If I'm on the road, I want to be duck hunting with you or I want to be in a deer stand in Kansas. I love music, don't get me wrong. But I figured out at my age, I was 25 when I moved here and I got to about 30, I was like, I don't want to be that guy. I can still stay here. I can write songs, get songs cut, and even, you know, get mailbox money that way. And also have my job as well to where, you know, a lot of people strike it to be millionaires. And sometimes I think being a millionaire is having just some peace of mind, being able to go get in a deer stand when I want to, being able to go fishing when I want to. Being able to sit here and talk to you guys on a Sunday afternoon is, to me, it's a blessing. You know, it's all about what you make it in your heart and what you want. And I think that I think that with with what you're saying, it happens with maturity. And I think that if you learn what you're talking about earlier, okay, we're talking to you know Dean here at 28 years old and getting ready to take that plunge that I just talked to Found about. You know, there's different levels, there's different heights of these diving boards, and how high are you willing to go to jump off? And and um, you know, you always hear, "Be careful what you wish for." Well, he could come here and be a badass, and if he's not humble and he's and he's got a big ego, like he plays that guitar and thinks that he's something, well, he'll get humbled in a hurry, and he's already got that humility, so he's got that handled. I talked with him, and I was trying to be transparent with him um, about some of the things that he said to me that I was like, um, you don't need to say that. You don't need to prove yourself to me. You got it. You, you, you're a sweet man. You got sick talent, and I think that a city like Nashville can really humble you in a hurry. And if he's got that taken care of and he understands his why, what you're saying, you knew your why. And mm-hmm. now you're, you're content. You're happy. Yeah. You had superhero superstars playing your wedding party last night. <laughs> you're the one I want. You're the one I need. Oh, John party played that last night. It's grooving, but it's kind of like me. I wanted to be in the major leagues. I would have done anything and probably sold my soul to get one at bat in the majors maybe have a pretty good minor league career, ride the bus a little bit and then just say, I made it to the majors, but now I'm hunting with George Brett and, and, and Ian Kennedy and Lou Koshaver and Andrew Cashner and all these big leaguers. It's funny how God works. And and now I'm now I'm on the field. I go to St. Louis tomorrow. I'm on the field for batting practice with the Cardinals against the nationals watching Harper and Carpenter take BP with executives of some of the biggest fortune 500 companies in the world because of hunting. My love of baseball is still there. And because those baseball players that are there love to hunt and I love to hunt and I love baseball that bonds there and I'm happy and content. I love when I get to go to spring training and, and get in the cages and, and swing it a little bit, but I know damn well I couldn't hit a fastball in the major leagues, and especially not a changeup right now. And, and I the, can't even see it. Yeah. yeah. And, the fa- and the faster that I learned that, and the more I was focused on what I was doing, I found that you know that that feeling of content of being like, hey man, 
I, this is everything. I get to, if he breaks, I got to sit at a table with him at, on a Sunday afternoon scoreboard and freaking listen to him play that guitar. When he was with, when, when, when he got his big job at, with, with Ralphie May, I got to go sit front row at a Ralphie May show in Vegas because of duck hunting, because of my ability to stay in touch and, and learn networking and learn how to say, Ben, we're going to be, you know, if I tell you I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it and, this, and vice versa, right? Oh, yeah. And Dean's got that part of it whipped. I think that he's got a, a, a sense of maturity at a young age and i think that a lot of people bobby that come here with an ego like um, i guess what i'm trying to say in short is that this city's been there done that and they've seen it all they've heard it all i mean you're talking elvis presley to johnny cash to freaking merle haggard to waylon jennings to dwight yoakam to travis tritt to george i mean george Strait's been kicked out of country this city will humble you this city's seen it they've they've had the biggest superstars nightly here right ben you can't come in here with an ego and think that you're going to be that you're going to reinvent something here right oh yeah i saw a video this morning of garth brooks down on broadway sitting in with a band on broadway and uh, my buddy tyler powers was behind him playing guitar and you know i mean garth still shows up and plays broadway every now and then you know so it's like you can't walk around this town and act like you're better garth than Brooks sold 6.5 million tickets on his tour last year and he still comes and sits in with a little band on Broadway. That's putting your ego aside and knowing where you came from and being able to thank the street that made made you who you are today, which Broadway does in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not saying that it's the only place. I like a lot of Red Dirt music. I like Stoney LaRue, Robert Earl Keane. I love Hayes Carl. I like Reckless Kelly and Whiskey Myers. They're not beating up Broadway. They got their following. They're, they're, they're selling out some theaters and playing good freaking music. You guys heard that song Frogman by Whiskey Myers? Get it. Frogman, Whiskey Myers, about a Navy SEAL. It is badass. But I think that what what the gist of it is, Bobby, is that you come here with all the aspirations and dreams of being a star, and you got humbled to the point to where you needed to make a decision. Do I move back to Florida, or do I get in where I fit in? And now you're running the successful bars. You have a relationship with Barrett that's unbreakable. You see his last name up here. I love these Hobbs bait and tackle signs. I need to give me one of them. Um, you, you, you're living life and you're living out your dream and you're not the superstar. And it takes that because I've, I see people, and I'm not going to say any names, that if they're not that superstar and they're just the songwriter or they're just the guitar tech, they fall off, man. They fall into that state of depression to where, man, they're not happy. And they're not happy. Does it take? It takes maturity to to face this city, right, Bobby? You know, I think having something to look forward to is is you know happiness is having something to look forward to. You know, I, a guy that I grew up with said, "Man, you know what? Whenever we were kids, if we didn't have twenty dollars in our pocket, we wasn't happy. You know, so we were doing what we had to do to have twenty dollars in our pocket. Anything that you can look forward to." Is going to get you through the next day. It's going to keep you going, keep you going. There's a goal. And man, this town can, this town can be a son of a bitch. It truly can. I've seen some people chew them up, spit them out. Some people I've never seen again wonder where they are nowadays. You know, they're gone. But it's all about, it's all about being headstrong and not being cocky. You know, being humble, being humble is huge. But you also have to be, you also have a power to look out for yourself. You got to look out for yourself. I mean, you can't just, you can't just lay down for anyone. You got to keep after it and keep going. And, and Dean, I think you got an edge because you got a talent, first thing. And uh, you're a humble cat as well. 
You know, I think it's going to be a good. Who does he trust then, Bobby? In this town, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but when you are humble and you are in, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm lacking a better term of innocence right now, but you come here, this innocent kid that grew up in poverty, pretty much. I don't know if I have all, I'm, I, I say that in confidence because he told me he did. He's innocent. He could be shaped and rounded probably pretty easy by somebody if you if you don't have a strong backbone and you don't have humility. Somebody could come in here and take advantage of somebody in a hurry and then be done with them and chew them up and spit them out like we're talking about. I've seen that happen before. Who does he trust? How how does he go about having somebody like Chad Belding or Bobby Johnson or Ben Ratliff go, dude, you got it. You're going to make it. Well, we don't. I don't call any shots in Nashville. Ben's does you book you book groups. You can get him and, and book him in some slots. But who do you trust? How do you not get taken advantage of here? And where where, where does he say yes to? Well, what he, does he say yes to? First Bobby? things first. You can't go around thinking, well, who can I trust? Who can I trust? Because you almost have to trust everybody. But if you're an honest person and you're a humble person, I've learned that it's easy to get a gut feeling about anybody that you meet. And doing unto certain people as they do unto you goes a long way. And you can tell when someone's blowing smoke up your ass. You can tell when someone's legit, someone's good to their word, someone who tells you they're going to do something and they do it. And that's huge. And you can find that out pretty quick right off the bat. And, you know, as far as the business goes, I would trust everybody, but know your ground, know where you're at. Don't give your life away to them. You know, you have to give to get in this town. I do know that. But don't give it all away. You don't have to give it all away. I think that's key here. You know, there's a lot of sharks there, but, you know, there's a lot of good fish, too. So you can't be scared to swim in the water. That's the that's that's good advice. You I know, mean, that's that, that that's true. a good way to put it. You got to go. You know, yeah. there's sharks in there, but you got to make the right moves and hide behind the right rocks and know when to swim out and who to who what fish to make friends with. Right. So when, when you start thinking about where you're at right now, professionally, Ben, and you're on the road, like I said, you're a warrior. I mean, you're on it, grinding daily on the bus, lining things up, tour managing. I've heard it said by you a couple times in the last 30, 40 days that you want to be off the road more. And you look at an opportunity as Dean is an opportunity. I know your friends. I know you care about them, you know, as a person. But the business side of you now, you are looking at it like, I can help him meet people, but what happens when somebody comes along that can do something that you can't do? Do you have apprehension in bringing him to the wrong person and having somebody go, Hey, I can get, I can get you way more than Ben can right now. That happens daily in business. It happens daily here. How do you go about being mature enough to where you know in your heart that you're doing it for the right reasons and that you're also not scared to jump in and swim in that water with those sharks? Because you are, you're putting a lot of your time and, and energy into getting his music out there. How are you protected? Are you just going off a of trust of Dean? Absolutely. I mean, Nashville is, I've always said, it's, and it's, it's a growing city, but it's, it's a big ass small town everybody knows everybody and when you get out and you meet people and you get to know people and like people talk and if somebody if there's a guy out there that's that's you know that's done people wrong and steered people in the right way that's a shark people talk and you know the reputation to me is goes farther than anything and if somebody's got a bad reputation you just stay away from them you know and I mean, I've I've spent my time trying to 
do everything I can to help people out because I am so passionate about country music and music in general um, that I, I want it to, I want people to have Willie Nelson careers and I don't, I think that's few and far between these days and I spend my time off the road and even on the road with people that I work with like Dean and other artists that like I'm just trying to get them to the right people to get them the right super fan of a booking agent that's going to believe in them and put them in the right place to get them a fan base and and get them playing shows and get them making money and um and all that kind of stuff but yeah I know there's people out there that can do a whole lot more than I can and if somebody comes up and says you know I can do that I'm completely 100% transparent and I'm like, well, let's do some research and do some digging and see if they're legit or not, you know? And it's just, you know, trust and belief in somebody and trying to steer them in the right way. And, and do you, when you hear stuff like that and you know that you have people that believe in you and are willing to let you sleep on their couch or let you put you up in a room as a 28, 29 year old artist that is coming to Nashville and wants to spread his wings. And I, I know that's probably a weird term to use, but his, his wings are, uh, I mean, like they're long wings. I mean, these got some serious talent. So when you hear somebody like Ben and Bobby say the things they're saying, you're taking mental notes, but on the other side of it, emotionally, you, in my opinion, have to make sure that as a man, your heart's in the right place with somebody like Ben. Does that make sense? Like, I think that Ben's putting a whole lot of trust and self-promotion because of his love for you and your music and your talent and your story, most of all your story. And I think that in, you know, I don't want to ever like see something to where you get the ideology of, you know, Ben got me here, but I don't need him anymore. You know what I mean? And, and I think hearing, you know, what people really feel about you is very important. I think that's why transparency is very important that, you know, that first and foremost, Ben's a friend and he loves you. And second, yes, he is, uh, he wants to make a living and he sees something in you. And there's a such thing in this world still as allegiance and loyalty. And I think that that part of your maturity that you have is that you see that because you're also taking a chance of coming down here and sleeping on Ben's couch and doing and, and getting into some things that Ben has the ability to do. You're trusting in him already. So it's like this, this that pool of sharks and these different fish that you're going to be swimming with. He's one of the good fish. And you already see that, right? And you know that... He's going to be along for the ride. Is that yeah, how you I'm see? Yeah, <clears throat> I'm definitely somebody who doesn't expect something for nothing. You know, I, I'm the kind of person that um, I grew up with nothing, and and now you know, um, you know, my family's back home and in a house, and you know, I sleep in a hotel or I sleep in a, on a cot uh, every night of the week. But like the people that I care about that support me and support my heart and mind as long as they're taken care of that gives me that assurance to keep doing what I'm doing and you know my love for music has become an extension of just who I am like I'm not I don't even, I'm not, I wouldn't even say like I'm a musician this is just who I am like it's not like I play guitar for fun I just play guitar because it's I breathe <laughs> you know like this is <laughs> who I am I write because that's just who I am I, I and that's there is no plan B for me. There is no anything else in life. Like I'll die doing what I'm doing. And <clears throat> for somebody like Ben to go out of his way and um, 
and you know i i would just make sure that he is put on the, the same pedestal as my family like even if he's not directly involved anymore and i've had to do this or whatever like i'll be sleeping on a cot and he'll be taken care of like that's, that's pretty badass to hear i kind of like that lyric it's a good day you living in the castle i'm sleeping on a cot <laughs> <laughs> you up there in the high rise i'm down here on my cot that's it <laughs> dude that is so refreshing to hear though that that the human spirit is alive and again it's through song and when you re- when you meet that person cut from that fabric you just know that feel of that fabric you know you want to snuggle with it you not in a weird way, but you know, you want to get in tight with it. You know, that feeling that, that goodness, you know, you just feel that sweetness in somebody. Like when we saw each other last night and our eyes met across that dance floor, we hadn't seen you in a while. I've been watching you cook on your videos. You've been watching me do what I do. And then we saw our eyes met across that dance floor and it looked like that chick running up to Patrick Swayze and dirty dancing and a swan dive and you're holding me up and you're spinning around. And that's how I felt. Look at me now. That's how I, that's how I felt. And that, that's what friends do. That's what trust does. That's what true passion about life and love and knowing that I know in my heart 100% that there's nothing that can ever come in between you and me or me and Leith. I just know that because I would never take that chance and neither would you. Nah, and that's what the trust is, is what Dean Leith just Lofton's, talked about. Uh, Leith Lawton is a... Amazing. That, that's cat, my, that's yeah. who I want Ben to introduce him next because He's those two man. writing together. Ooh, I'm talking like that's, you know. There's a lot of I got a lot of friends. Can I call Leith out right now? By the way, because I did. Send He's him coming a, to Third and Lindsay tonight. Okay. Well, I sent him a text about two weeks ago, um, and I never got a response back. So um, Leith often thanks buddy and it was about trying to get get him and dean together all right well he's going to be a third lindsay night we'll strap him down um is adam going to bring do you know adam i don't he hadn't uh, met him yet well it'd be cool if adam by the way adam do you know that adam uh and brent wrote king album together oh well look at that speaking of writing i want to hear i want to hear mash rainbow i want to hear sour mash rainbow I, again i want dean to listen to this band listen to it i want to get your guys opinion this is a songwriter right? this is a this is like a way cut from wayne mills fabric right here this country music songwriter me and a buddy were sitting around to write a song one day and uh we got to drinking on this sour mash jack daniels green label bottle and he had a little makeshift bar and a neon light he'd got from somewhere and we set the bottle down there and the neon light kind of made like a rainbow refraction on top of the bar like a piece of crystal and Caleb Cripe, I'll never forget it and he said man look it's the whiskey rainbow and I said man that's a bottle of sour mash I said I think that's old sour mash rainbow and so we sat around for a little while and I looked across at that mirror. It was on the back side of his bar and I said, I'm staring in the mirror at a fool. Reflections from the liquor tell the truth. Cause when the neon hits that bottle and sets the whiskey all aglow somewhere over the sour mash rainbow. I grew up and we had about 80 acres of cow pasture you could hang out and it didn't matter if it was 80 degrees or 60 degrees there was this old man Russo would come out there and build a damn fire and he'd take a bottle of whiskey and take the cap and throw it in the fire and that meant we all had to drink what was in that bottle so I got to thinking about when I was a kid and I said man why we gotta put that in here we're talking about the whiskey and 
He said, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. So our chorus was, I'm scared to move that bottle because I might not get it back. It's not like me to let it sit because I've thrown away the cap. The more I've drank the spirit, well, the more those colors grow somewhere over the sour mash rainbow. We did a shot of whiskey again. My buddy Caleb said, man, it ain't quite time to do another shot. I'm still numb from the last one I got. So it's not quite time to do another shot. Because I'm still numb from the last one that I got. But they say over the rainbow, bluebirds fly. Well, in a little while, so will I. Somewhere over the sour mash rainbow. Well, I'm scared to move that bottle because I might not get it back. It's not like me to let it sit because I've thrown away the cap. The more I drank the spirit, well, the more them colors grow. Somewhere over the sour mash rainbow. Still staring in the mirror at a fool. Reflections from the liquor tell the truth. Cause when the neon hits that bottle, it sets the whiskey all aglow. Somewhere over the sour mash rainbow. <laughs> Thank y'all, man. Hello, Caleb Crite. Old Caleb, man. I hadn't seen him in years. Did you, did you say something? Good? I think so down good. in Georgia. Yeah, down in Georgia somewhere. So good. What'd you think? Thank you, buddy. Oh, dude, it's killer, man. His, he, he's got a style of songwriting that's like, like again, I use the word refreshing, and that freaking song's old. Like Bobby wrote that a long time ago, and like I, I feel like I don't want to move the bottle because I know I won't get it back. Like that's such a badass campfire mm-hmm. line right there that I've seen so many times at duck camp to where, and to just to, to hear it that way, it paints a picture in your head of of being America. Uh, being the, in you know home of the free and land of the birth. like everything that goes into songwriting and what you guys do i feel that like whether it's having foolish pride because a chick broke your heart and you're going to do whatever it takes to wait for her and get her back or if it's about what you and your friend went through on that or your breakup with the wet bridge and what you sang about with your brotherly love song that night in the deck i got two brothers and you know we'd fight to the death for each other and songwriting is so can be so clever it can be so generic it can be so processed it can be so cubic country everybody's got their own way and you got to you got to figure out like what where you're at in it and what kind of songwriter you're going to be which i'm re i'm recircling back to brent cobb and the way that he writes songs and the way that maybe stapleton writes a song the way that you write a song dean bobby's songs that he just now sang those are the ones that are touching those are the ones that mean something to me besides another damn jacked up tailgate with a girl dancer i'm not saying 
Don't go get yours. I'm not saying don't go make a living and make some money and raise a family and be. Because Luke's a sweetheart. Luke Bryan's a sweetheart. But a lot of his songs, I just don't. I don't jive with in a point to where I love Luke's message and I love who he is and I love that he hunts and supports the outdoors. But I think he's a better country singer than singing about a chick shaking her butt on a tailgate. My opinion. That's what I'm trying to get out is that. Go I ahead. know he's a better writer too. Yeah, and and when he sang Brent's song, where I was going with this, where Bobby, where I'm going with this is. <laughs> <laughs> there's a song that Brent wrote called tailgate blues. That is absolutely one of, it's probably the best song Luke Bryan's ever sang. in, in my opinion, it never was, a, it was never a cut. It was definitely never a hit by him. Have you heard it? If you guys, yeah, it, get was, ch- it was on the tailgate and tan lines. Yes. Record. If you guys get a chance to listen to Luke Bryan, sing Brent Cobb's tailgate blues, another song about a tailgate, but the way a tailgate song was supposed to be written. I mean, it's solid, bro. I, I, I want to say it's probably uh, the original tailgate song. It's got to be. It's. It, I mean, it is strong. And we we have we're in Music City, and we have the ability to go listen to music anytime that we want. Um, any any. She is. What was your name again? Amber, you have been such an angel today. Amber is the manager at Scoreboard. She um, just brought us around a, a a bucket of beers. Cold Bud Light. And uh, I think there's musicians that are going to be playing on the stage at six. And I think they just peeked around the corner. They're like, what are these guys doing on the stage? We're going to have my boy here, my man, Dean. He's going to play us out. I want him to pick the song. But before he does it, I just want to say, you know, I appreciate it. I'm humbled that I get to come to Nashville and have this at my fingertips. And I say that in a very non, a very non, um, entitlement way sure. I, I know that you open your doors me and i do the same for you to have this here and to be able to walk a, a guy in and two friends and you guys have already had history but now you meet him and i know that you guys will be in touch and the next thing i know is i'm gonna be getting a video from ben and you of him freaking lighting up whiskey ben you yeah, know man. on broadway and that's what life is about it's not about going you know what i'm gonna keep this to myself and you love those guys that that you know like some band breaks they're like god damn i've I've been listening to them for 30 years and like they're Mm. mad that they broke and that they think that they discovered them we didn't discover dean you didn't discover dean i mean he's dean he's he's there and and i remember when i first heard leith lofton sing 50 years too late it was raining on a deck in in hopkinsville kentucky at at turkey camp and i was listening through the wall and i'm like who in the freak because i love music i walk out there and this um, <laughs> you want me to sing it? You want me to sing it? Oh, I want to sing it so bad. But when you hear the lyrics of what him and Drake wrote with 50 Years Too Late, I knew that Leith Lofton was different. I knew that Drake White was different. So you, you, you hear that, and to have it at our fingertips, Bobby, would be able to come here and call you a friend. And now that we get to jail and we're going to be friends, and me and Ben continue to become better friends, that's songwriting that's hunting that's america that's outdoors that is the freaking way it's supposed to be done it's not about thinking you're entitled to any of this shit because really him playing a guitar in the big run of things that guitar can be buried next to him they can make his coffin out of that wood i don't care he's going to be dead just like we are someday so what he does as a man and and inspiration and love and passion is what really counts and that's what you do you might not be the world's freaking best guitar player and you never said that you claim to be but you are one of the world's best hearts brother so i appreciate Appreciate what you do for us. Well, man, I appreciate what you do. I want, uh, there's one thing I want to say about you. And thank you for being here this weekend. Thank you for coming to my wedding party. It was huge. From John Party to Belith Loft and to all my friends and family from Florida and all my friends here. Cheers to you guys too, man. Y'all hear the bottles clanking? That's good stuff right there. Uh, thank you for being who you are, Chad Belden. I mean, you are a uh, you're you're a 
you're an apostle in your world and you know, I've known you for so long and I didn't know so much about you just cause I deer hunt that turkey hunt more than duck hunt. And if you ever just Google Chad Belding, look up Chad Belding and you go, damn, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> he's a lot, he's a lot cooler than, uh, than uh, some people that are out there in the industry. Uh, if y'all get a chance, look this guy up. He's got ambition. He's got heart, and you're just a great person. Thank you for being Thank you, you, man. Brother. It means yeah. a lot. It really does. And I don't, I don't want people to think that you're saying that because I paid you. It's one of them deals to where, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Friends say that about friends, and I've never said no to you. And I've taken a little bit of time to do some things, you know, because it's just one of those things in life to where if you say you're going to do it, you got to do the best. And I've been, I've caught myself in the past of promising too much, trying to be something I wasn't trying to um, think that I was a celebrity when really I'm freaking killing a duck with a brain that big. So the, the sooner I learn that there's no such thing as a famous hunter, I don't care how many autographs I've signed or how many autographs Jim Shockey signs. They were nothing without the animal. We're nothing without the woods. We're nothing. He's nothing without that guitar and the woods that that guitar came from. And when I started to realize that it really hit me to where Man, if I don't, if I mess this up, I'm a freaking teetotal and idiot because this is the most humbling, badass lifestyle that I could imagine ever living to where I get to go and pursue animals and travel the back roads of America and meet people like you and be able to go see Zach Brown and stand side stage and be able to shake his hand and tell him thank you after or go and take a Marine out that just served our country on another tour of duty and see the therapy that that duck blind provided him or get a kid in, uh, that we're going to, we're going to go do a, a show in Memphis at the Ronald McDonald house that houses the families when they're freaking sick kids are at, at St. Jude's and you talk about crying and you talk about this dad and his daughter that survived. She came out of it. Mm. we're taking them on a duck hunt and That's duck cool. hunting has allotted me to be able to give back like that. And I, I want it to be known that we don't take any of that for granted. This, this freaking lifestyle humbles me and brings me to my knees on a daily basis Hearing what you guys did today. It brings me on my knees because I know that anybody in their freaking right mind, sober or inebriated would want to be sitting in this chair right here. Yeah. This is special to me. Friendship special to me. Dean, you pick the song that you want to play. You're going to be a badass. I love your humility, dude. I love what you're doing for him, Ben, what you do for me. And we're going to let, we're going to, this is the first time in the history of, of my podcast, but usually <laughs> Leith plays us in and plays us out with what you're going to do with the money's all gone. You'll hear it at the beginning and the end of every um, podcast episode. We're going to let Dean James Jr. play us out with a song of his choice. And I want a little riffing in there. I love that guitar. I like the one that... Like a duck call. You know what I'm talking about there, Bobby? But I want a little bit. Dean, thank you for being here. Bobby Johnson, you're the man. I love you like a brother. Thank you, Ben, I love you like a brother. Thank you guys so much for what you do for us. The support of Foul Life and Banded. And uh, guys, Adam Hood, Third and Lindsay tonight after a great dinner at uh, Jeff Ruby Steakhouse, Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. I love this place. It's a home to me, kind of. I just made that up like I'm an adopted son of Nashville. But, Dean, thank you, guys. Thank you, Bobby Johnson. Thank you, Barrett. And thank you. What, thank was, you, our, what was our manager's name? Amanda? I believe so. I think it was. Amber. Amber. Thank you, Amber, for all the hospitality today. And thank you, Bud Light, for taking care of us while we're on the road and wetting our palate. Dean, go for it, my brother. Cool. I 
town don't feel the same Old store fronts wearing different names Some things never change Lost in the middle of a twilight zone There's blood in the streets and weeds have overgrown While someone's bed Just doing what we're told That same old story's grown old Maybe we can change the weather If we stand together Oh, we're forever the wild ones She could never keep even gravity Couldn't hold me down She showed me loving like I'd never known Haunted by how I let her go Some days I still hear that sound For the wild one.